Report, where we uncover what's working and what's breaking on the internet and why. I'm Chris Villame with Thousand Eyes Technical Marketing, and I'm joined here today by Kamal, Principal Engineer at Thousand Eyes. Welcome, Kamal. Thank you. Good to be back to Internet Report. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So we're going to unpack the recent Twitter outage event from March 28th and dig in and, and see what we found. Let's go ahead and get started. Okay, so this was an event that happened, uh, I believe it started right around 12.07 or just under UTC on March 28th. Uh, it was an event that affected uh, access to the Twitter service globally. Now, it didn't impact everyone around the world, but it impacted uh, a decent number of folk in various locations. So I think uh, this is a, a pretty interesting one to unpack. So what, what we're seeing right here is one of our tests that from Manchester, England location that it just does a really good job of, of catching this event, as you can see here. So just this is a full page load uh, test. And you can see, you know, right prior to the event, everything is good. Manchester, England is, is green and healthy. And then a moment, you know, this, this event starts, it, it's like a light switch, right? Um, one thing I'll, I'll point out here, just so you, you can understand what this refers to in, in, in our product, this application outage feature. What this, what this does is, as you may know, it, it provides, it's essentially an analysis of our millions of tests, that huge data lake of, of data that we get. And, and if it finds enough, of, you know, enough tests kind of corroborating a, a certain type of event, like in this case, Twitter, it, it'll note it in our, you know, internet insights, our application outage feature. So, you know, you might see this here and it's kind of a helpful thing when you're looking at your test. It says, hey, you're testing Twitter. Well, we happen to know a lot of tests around the world were failing at the same time, just kind of as an FYI. You know, of course, in our case, it, it maps pretty clearly, right? So, it also builds a confidence in what you are seeing, you know, that you are not the only person that's seeing the outage. It's actually across our customer base. And to your point, it, it's a million, uh, millions of tests that are actually observing the same event. Right. It's, it's, it's kind of almost like a form of crowdsourcing uh, the fact that there's an outage, except for it's data driven, right? This is, this is real world data that we've collected. We know something's happening. It's happened by across X number of tests at the same time frame. And so we're going to inform, inform you that, that, that this bigger event is going on. <laughs> exactly. It's not sentiment based. It's actually data driven decision that goes in, in, into uh, displaying this purple line. Exactly, exactly. And, and here it, it, you know, pretty closely uh, maps to that, you know, just that light switch off moment uh, that we can see here. Um, now, of course, you can see prior to the, uh, the, the failure here, we have really good latencies uh, for page load, uh, sub, sub one second, uh, uh, you know, for, for this page to, to pull down. So that, that what that implies is, is from Manchester to the Twitter service is, 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 a, is a pretty short path, right? So you, there's a, you know, a lot of capacity um, from, from source to destination and, and, and things are coming down in a timely fashion. Of course, it shuts off suddenly at this moment. We can kind of walk through some of the other layers of our test here. Of course, this is the basic HTTP server availability. And again, just, just like a light switch, it, it goes off uh, right here. 
And, and it's quite we... visible. And it's quite visible that within the five seconds, we were not able to establish TCP connection. You know, essentially what uh, connect message error in this particular case indicates in our product is the fact that we were not able to establish three-way handshake, which means that connectivity was 100% down. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's the, the and, and these errors, you can always look at and see why did we fail? Why did we fail availability? And as Kamal noted, this, we, we couldn't even attach to a TCP socket. There's just, there's just nothing there uh, listening for us to, to connect to in this particular uh, path here. And of course, when we jump over, the nice thing about uh, this particular test is you know, the kind of the equivalent to that valley of, of lack of HTTP server availability. Now, we now have a corresponding mountain of packet loss. And in this case, it's 100% packet loss for this particular test. So, you know, all 100% all of those uh, packets are, are failing to, to reach destination. Jump over and see if we can get an idea of why. Uh, actually, let's, let's go ahead and step back just prior to the outage. So we can see what changed here. So again, this is our Manchester, England location. It's got a, a happy path here that's, that's successful. It's going out London Internet Exchange uh, links here. And if we walk up to the moment the problem began, and we can see quite clearly here that we're now being rerouted. So uh, right here, we're going this path uh, uh, through Comstar, AS8359, and ultimately going into Russia now to try to get to the Twitter destination. Of course, that's, that's not gonna work. Uh, these ISPs are, are not servicing uh, that, that, that Twitter or providing that Twitter service. And so these packets are just gonna die somewhere uh, in, in this path. Exactly, they are getting essentially black holed at that stage. Exactly, exactly. Um, and we can dig into that a little bit more here. Uh, let's go ahead and jump over to um, a more nuanced test. This is actually a test that we have here that was a global test. We've got a total of 47 locations around the world. Um, of course, you can see here prior to the event, every, everyone's looking green and, and, and healthy, right? So. Let's just jump down to BGP and take a look. Just before can... we do that, Chris, I would appreciate if you could click on HTTP server and click on the table view so that we can see oh, actually right. the scope of the event. No, good, good point. So this is, uh, I believe, just prior to the event. So right now, everyone is still healthy. So you're seeing all 200 OKs. So let's just go forward. Still healthy, yeah. Is still healthy, and this should be when the event started. And of course, now uh, we have a handful of locations uh, failing, and 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 you can see the reach of this, right? We've got uh, Columbus, Ohio, and and Germany, and and Moscow, and and Toronto, Canada. All all of these locations impacted, whereas the the vast majority of the world was, was still successful, right? So it was an it's an interesting impact in the sense that it was geographically widespread, but um, still relatively limited in, in terms of the, you know, the sheer number of users that, that would have been impacted. As, as and, this limited, and this limited scope of the event is actually quite clearly um, shown on our BGP path visualization. Yeah, so let's go ahead and jump back uh, to prior to the event. We'll jump down to see what's going on with uh, BGP routing. 
So actually, let's just go back one more. So you see here, uh, Twitter AS13414, uh, they're, they're very well connected, uh, you know, as, as, as we noted. Um, you know, they're connected directly with uh, you know, a, a lot of big name providers, a lot of tier one providers. And everything is healthy and, and normal, normal routings as, as you would expect. So we jump up to when the problem started. Now I'd like to point out one thing. So in this uh, BGP uh, route visualization, right now I'm looking at the metric of path changes. So this is going to be all those you know, BGP uh, updates that, 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 that impact, uh, impact uh, the, 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 the you know, IP path. So in this particular case right here, we, we know this update to be corresponding to a, a BGP update that was sent by RTCOM, and it was actually an, an announce for, for this Twitter prefix. And if we scroll down here, we can actually see RTCOM AS8342 has, has announced the, you know, this, this, this Twitter prefix, essentially a, uh, uh, you know, what we would refer to as a, a prefix misorigination, right? So uh, RTCOM is, is obviously not the, the owner of this slash 24 Twitter prefix in, in question, that they're not authorized to, to you know, essentially do this. It's, 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 it's basically an illegitimate action, right? They're, they're announcing a prefix for which they, they are not the origin. Um, and we can see that very clearly here. So this, this update went to uh, Comstar, um, also known as MTS, uh, you know, after an acquisition a, a few years ago. So it went to Comstar. Comstar, in turn, sent this update out to uh, their peers, and in fact, uh, IP Max here, uh, AS25091, actually updated their routing table. They, so they took this, this announce that was sent, this prefix announce that was sent by RTCOM, and, and made it their active BGP route in their routing table. And it's illustrated in our platform in the sense that this is now a solid uh, uh, line uh, indicating a new route. And this, this hashed line or dotted line here is, is the former what we know to be the valid route that's, that's now been removed. And what's quite interesting in this particular event is the fact that looking at the previous advertisement uh, compared to the new advertisement uh, from the RTCOM, it looks like a longer path got accepted. So if we click on view details of the path changes, you will see that the initial path uh, is originated from the Twitter and it propagates directly to 25091. However, if you look at the um, what could be uh, called hijack event in this particular case, though the nature of this event, uh, we can see that 8342, uh, which is RTCOM advertises that to um, uh, Comstar, and then it propagates that prefix to 20, uh, 25091 in Switzerland, which then gets are accepted as the uh, preferred prefix. Now we know based on BGP rules that the only best prefixes are getting uh, accepted, which means that at certain stage at uh, 12.06.31 UTC, this prefix was considered the best. So the question uh, arises in the form of why would you accept longer prefix? Thinking about this event a little bit more, it looks like that, um, RTCOM advertised this prefix to, um, uh, to uh, Comstar 
by their private peering. And that would be potentially the only use case as part of which you would accept a longer part to be your preferred part based on the BGP best part selection algorithm rules, right? So what, what happens is that you by default uh, prefer the shortest AS part. However, in this particular case, we can see that's not the case. We have a you know longer part installed. And thinking about it from the operational perspective, we know that um, private peers are usually configured in a manner as part of which, you know, a local preference is configured in a way to prefer uh, prefixes that are learned by uh, um, private peers, you know, and this is what we believe is happening here. So 8342 is advertising this prefix, potentially uh, even, uh, you know, to other ISPs, but in this case, uh, using the private peering towards the 80, uh, 8359, which is Comstar, and then which propagates there as a result of which it gets installed, right? And the only other reason why would that be, would be potentially the rules that are configured on the private peering. And why would you do that, right? Um, that happens with the multitude of reasons, but uh, most common are the fact that, you know, it's cheaper to actually accept and prefer the prefixes that you are learning from the private peers compared to, uh, compared to the transit. Now, why don't we see this event propagating a little bit more? Uh, the go that goes back to what Chris, you already said, uh, and that's the fact that Twitter is really well interconnected. They are, uh, they are peering with multitude of tier one providers, you know, and, you know, and by nature, it's hard to, uh, you know, have better interconnectivity than them. So that's we, wh why we are not, among other reasons, not seeing uh, wider propagation of this event uh, further. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, I think that's, 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 uh, that's an interesting point. I mean, that's something that, uh, you know, definitely helped Twitter here is, is just there, you know, if you, if you, if you take a look at uh, Twitter's uh, uh, 13414 uh, autonomous system in, in Looking Glass, they, they just have a, a huge number of, of connections to a, a, a large number of tier one providers. So at, at the end of the day, that, 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 that AS path is going to typically be shorter than anything RTCOM could have come up with. Um, and, and it's still going to be preferred, even, even were they to have received this, this you know, ultimately invalid route. Um, you know, in, in the case of some of these more nuanced uh, BGP policies, and in, in the case of these, this private peering uh, region, relationship, rather, that, that Kamal discussed, you know, of course, we have, we have a scenario where uh, AS25091 did indeed uh, update, accept and update the routing table and, and pass this on. But by and large, uh, Twitter would have been you know, I think protected pretty well just, just by the sheer connectivity. There are also other things that uh, potentially Twitter had uh, working in their favor when it comes to this event. You know, uh, to this uh, event, we were actually checking the signature of this uh, prefix. So we know that uh, RPKI or that, you know, there's a, a signature on this particular prefix. So all the providers that were... Um, enforcing the or uh, doing the ROA checks uh, were actually potentially dropping these uh, prefixes uh, from the peer that should not be advertising this, in this case, obviously, RTCOM, because it's a signed prefix. So if you are enforcing the rules, uh, you know, you should be fine and protected uh, or your uh, down, the, down the line connectivity should be protected. You know, unfortunately, RPKI is still not widely adopted, you know, so it comes down to, uh, you know, who is enforcing and who is not enforcing. But, you know, I believe that this is uh, 
partially something that went in a favor of Twitter when it comes to this event. Oh, absolutely. I, I would agree. It's, it's, you know, it's again a little hard to, to quantify exactly how much, but it, 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 it clearly would have helped some. I mean, Twitter took the, you know, they took that good step, right? And, and I can't say this enough uh, to encourage uh, the, the, the usage of, of our, you know, route origin authorization and our PKI mechanisms. But Twitter, Twitter, they took the good step to digitally sign this prefix. Anyone that was verif validating that, that origin authorization and, and using our PKI would have, you know, would have known to reject that, that route. So that's, that's certainly something that, that, that would have helped them here as well. But yeah, like Twitter had really good two things working for them here. The first, the fact that they are very, very, very well interconnected with tier one providers, which made it really hard for the, uh, you know, hijacker in this particular case to, um, have better interconnectivity to the rest of the internet, which is actually quite interesting that they still manage to affect few of them, right? But that's that's what it is, you know. You you know, there's no uh, you know uh, solution that can encompass all the ISPs on the planet. And then the other thing is RPKI, but I would, I would say that did a piece of trick as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and let's so let's just while we're in this view here, so we can see here what's what's really interesting about this is this we, we caught exactly two path changes right here. You can see this one corresponds to that BG, BGP update message with the the prefix announcement, and then if we go over to here, this would this uh, right here corresponds with RTCOM uh, issuing a withdrawal for for that prefix. So they're, they they presumably recognize their mistake mistake or or were informed um by by a knock or, or something calling in and 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 corrected uh by removing that route and we can see this down here again uh rtcom has has sent out a, a bgp update with a withdrawal for that prefix and and note here that these lines are now dotted uh, indicating that uh, uh these other uh, autonomous systems have have uh, preferred the, the the old path basically, so they're reverting back to the good path and and removing the the you know incorrect path. So ultimately, RTCOM ended this uh, with with a withdrawal of, of that prefix. Now, one one thing that's interesting, and I, I want to point out here, is that we 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 while we saw the the vast majority of the impacted uh, regions around the world uh, uh, not recover, in fact, until this withdrawal. Um, that's that's in fact why we saw if you see recall over here, you know it just it just looks like a valley right like a light switch right here is uh, at that this timestamp here is is when that withdrawal finally propagated out and, and allowed this to, to to work. So if we look at path visualization though, oh sorry let's uh, we'll go to this one. If we look at path visualization here, we we know that. Uh, Columbus, Ohio was impacted here. We can scroll down and find it. We see we just got a few, right? We've got Moscow, we've got uh, Leipzig, Germany, Toronto, Canada. Uh, actually, let me just find it in here. So Columbus, Ohio, prior to the event, let's just take a, a, take a quick look here. They have a normal, healthy route. They're actually utilizing level three uh, to, to, to get to the Twitter service. Here is when the impact begins. This is again, that, that, that announced uh, uh, that prefix misorigin mis origination rather that, that went out. It, it, it got to uh, uh, as far as Columbus, Ohio. And, and we see we're now routing 
through Comstar, right? So we're now going to Russia. We're going the invalid path. Now we we know that the announce was not until the rather the withdrawal was not until 1245 UTC. But if we take a look here, we see more or less midway through the event, Columbus, Ohio is successful. So I, I think this is an interesting example uh, to kind of segue into here. What 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 can Twitter do to to try to alleviate this themselves? Right. So they're you know, whereas we see that some locations they they had to wait for RTCom to to remove the offending route right before before their service was restored. In this case, we see the Columbus path restored prior to that. So it, I think this is a uh, what, what, what kind of things can uh, uh, organizations, what actions can they take, uh, Kamal, when, you know, when, when under, this, under this type of a thing, either a route hijack or a, a BGP route leak or something that's, that's impacted uh, your, your, your service delivery, but yet is outside of your control? The, the most common thing that companies do when, when it comes to hijacks or leaks for that matter is to check uh, which prefix is obviously getting um, hijacked or leaked. And then, you know, uh, identifying what um, more specific prefixes can be advertised. So, for example, if you are dealing with slash 23, you are going to break it down into slash 24s and you are going to advertise those more specifics. Because we know that, you know, uh, that's the way that typical networking works, right? You are going to prefer always the longest match. So, that's the usual fix. However, in this case, as in many other uh, cases, especially nowadays, uh, as you know, during this time, as part of which uh, IPv4 is getting exhausted, right? Uh, a lot of companies are advertising slash 24s, which is the, you know, longest prefix that you can advertise these days that uh, ISPs are going to accept, right? So that option of deaggregating prefix and sending more specific wasn't the case here, which usually would be the first uh, operation. You know, that's the last option that you have in this particular case. It's directly in your scope of what you can do from the network engineering perspective. However, uh, alternative to that is actually picking up the phone and calling the, calling the ISP uh, that is propagating uh, your prefix. In this case, what seems to have happened is that uh, probably network operations team uh, from Twitter or segment reliability engineering or network reliability engineering team picked up the phone and called level three and actually asked them to filter out this advertisement, which potentially uh, made Ohio, uh, Columbus, Ohio uh, to recover faster than it usually would. Now, in this particular case, we are dealing with approximately 30 minutes of outage, right, rather than 45. But that's still, you know, depending on how criticality of your application, that's still, you know, quite important. You don't want your uh, prefixes to be in a, inaccessible for your end users. That's the, you know, full point of it. So I, I, I think that that's what we are seeing right here. And plus, it should it should be noted. We we I think at the time we couldn't have known that RTCom was going to withdraw that route. I mean, it's it's you know we can't we're not we can't speculate on their intent necessarily, but we can just we we know what happened, and and we can't know if it was going to be removed right away, or we can't know that it was going to be removed in forty five minutes, right? So, uh, you know, not knowing that, you you have to try to do what you can to try to restore restore access. And again, uh, you know, as Kamal noted, uh, prefix uh, de aggregation was it wasn't an option. Uh, we're not going to be able to start advertising out slash twenty fives in this case, because, you know, providers aren't going to accept uh, uh, that long of a prefix uh, route. So they were really limited, uh, essentially to option number two, and that's, and that's to engage uh, ISP. Now, uh, in, in all... It's, 
-hmm. it's quite important to note here that this is event that lasted for 45 minutes, which is quite a long period of time, but obviously it could, it could have been lasting like, you know, for much more than it did, right? Uh, you know, but imagine this event happening for one of our financial customers, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're not only dealing with the consequences of not being able to serve your customers, you know, and that's pretty sensitive uh, stuff. Uh, you are now dealing with the, you know, compliance related reasons as part of which, you know, uh, controllers are looking at you and saying, you know, uh, what did you do to prevent this kind of stuff? Did you have sufficient alerting in place to de detect it as soon as it happened? And, you know, what were your recovery steps, you know? So, you know, having visibility such as this one is not just important to know what happened. It's actually important to enforce certain actions on events when, once they occur. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really important to note. I mean, as you know, to use the, the overused phrase, I mean, time is money, right? And, 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 and this it really, truly, is, especially in, in these digital services when they're, when they're down. And, you know, if, I, if I'm an operator of a, of a digital service and, and, I, and I'm in this, this type of a scenario, I mean, I'm going to be scrambling the, to, to do what I can. And in fact, it's, it's, it's quite, you know, conceivable that, and, and likely that Twitter had, had preparation, right? They had, you know, their, their list of uh, contacts within, with their upstream providers and they, you know, hey, when I'm in this type of event, here, here's going to be my course of action. But, but the key here, I think, is, is, is having that detection capability, right? If I, if, I don't, um, if I don't know this is happening until users start to complain, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've lost a lot of lead time in, in, in trying to get myself out of this scenario. So and in it's, general, it's, in yeah. general like knowing about your event from your customers is possibly the worst case scenario, right? That's the last thing that should happen to anyone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, you don't want to find out by, by customer complaint. You, you want to catch this with your own t t detection mechanisms. And, and, and even, even in this type of scenario where, where, where it feels like your, your options might be limited, I, I can't do prefix deaggregation. I can't, you know, announce long, longer prefix routes to try to take some of that hijack traffic back, back to me. Uh, what, what else can I do? Well, you know, the, actually the, the, good, the good solution is to start reaching out to those ISPs and, and, and to make sure you have that as your, as, as your kind of mitigation um, and, and reaction uh, process, have all that contact information and so forth. And, and, and it clearly helped, uh, we can see here in, in this particular scenario, because some locations, uh, you know, in, in the case here of Columbus, Ohio, uh, restored prior to RTCOM uh, uh, re removing that. Now, I, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, RTCOM was, was, Doing some some type of manipulation with of, of traffic with BGP, whether it be error or, or, or not, um, and, and then they did correct it, right? They did issue that withdraw, but it, again, it's that's that's a, a fairly lengthy time to to have your service down when when, when this is the case. And uh, you know, I think some of the some of the takeaways here is just uh, you know, number one, if if you if you are doing something, let's say a legitimate use of, of BGP traffic redirection, like a, a distributed denial of service, uh, uh, a kind of a black hole routing. Type of thing, you know. Make sure you're using those well-known communities, no export or no advertise, just to make sure that this doesn't, you know, risk uh, impacting the, the broader internet, uh, pollute the global internet routing table, and and then of course have have that uh, detection capabilities, that end-to-end -end visibility, and, and just have a plan. You know, you, you have to know what you're going to do once this is detected, and and, and how do you try to resolve. And we are not saying that it happened. It's just like that you should have have the policies that are. Uh, 
you know, proven to work in these kind of scenarios where you are doing traffic engineering. So what do you want to do? Whether you want to influence ingress, egress, or something like that, you know, those should be really tested policies, or you should potentially, you know, even invest in automation as part of which, you know, you're going to execute script for certain prefix that's going to know, you know, details about your environment and based on that, craft the policy itself, you know, and push it out outwards, you know, so that you don't end up in a situation where you mistakenly push this update uh, to your private peers if that was not intended, right? Uh, so that, that would be the first one. The second thing that I would say uh, also is that, you know, even such as this one, over and over again, um, just indicate, you know, requirements for, for everyone pretty much to, you know, uh, participate in RPKI, you know, it's invented yes. for, yes. it's invented for a good reason, you know, and we should see a wider internet com uh, community, you know, adopting it at faster pace, even though really significant steps have been taken in that, um, in, in that direction. Also, um, Things such as filtering, right? Uh, there are databases that should, uh, you know, explicitly indicate, uh, you know, what should be filtered out and, you know, um, uh, what should go through, right? And, uh, you know, enforcing these policies based on these uh, things should be, you know, and it is considered best practice. So, you know, particip participating, uh, participating in filtering based on the, uh, database entries for certain ISPs should be something that that's done. And lastly, I, I would say, Chris, that, you know, uh, this event, such as many other ones, uh, really outlines the importance of end-to-end uh, -end visibility, right? Yeah, so, no, absolutely, absolutely. You know, knowing what's happening and when it happens, you know, being pro uh, proactively alerted on the event uh, such as that one, having easy to access dashboard, uh, you know, where you can observe uh, what's happening so that you don't scramble when, when you know, even such as this one strikes, uh, you know, impacts the meantime to resolution, you know, and that's the big one that everyone speaks about. MTTR is something that, you know, ideally every company should, um, uh, you know, strive towards. And, you know, when it comes to even such as this one, you know, identifying uh, what's happening is crucial. Having dashboards and alerts that indicate that it happened when it happened is must have at this stage, you know, and then having a playbook on what to do when it happens is, you know, something that pretty much every single NOC or NRE team should have at this stage. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think having a, you know, first having that plan in place ahead of time, having the monitoring uh, so that you do get that quick detection. You, you do catch when something is going off uh, outside a baseline um, and, and, and backing it up with, you know, this, this uh, quantifiable data with, you know, like things like user experience monitoring and, and uh, you know, monitoring of, of performance and, 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 you know, path performance and all of these sorts of things. Have, having that visibility and, and having that data to, to kind of guide decision making and um, and ultimately uh, you know working yourselves out of these problems once once you're in them because uh, honestly they can be a pretty um, a scary sort of thing to, to be dealing with so um, I think that uh, that wraps it up uh, that's our show again don't forget to like and subscribe and if you do subscribe we'll send you a free t-shirt uh, I think it might be something like this maybe or maybe even cooler so 
uh, just go ahead and drop a note to internetreport at thousandeyes.com. Again, that's internetreport at thousandeyes.com with your address and t-shirt size, and we'll get one over to you. Thanks again. Thanks, bye.